I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading from verse uh, 6 to 8. And it reads, When they, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the, or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The Lord bless his word. Uh, this morning, I know that all of us are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a day indeed of victory, because the devil and his plans have been defeated. The Lord, while he came over to this world, he came to die, and he told his disciples that he was going to die, and that many things are going, were going to happen to him. One of them was that he was going to die and put on the he was going to put on the cross, and that he was going to die, and he is going to be buried, and the third day he was going to resurrect. And all those that the Lord spoke while he was alive came to be fulfilled. In the witness of many, especially his disciples, those who believed and even those who did not believe, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy that was said many years ago, even before he came. And therefore, we are thankful to be associated with the Jesus, our Lord, who is our Savior. And I am really uh, touched with the words that he spoke before and after he had resurrected. He told his disciples that uh, that they will receive the power, and they will be after the Holy Spirit is come upon them. And this, he said that they will be the disciples, will be his witnesses. And today I want to talk about being a witness. And I know that all the Christians, be they here or outside. We are all being called to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is difficult to be a witness for one that you have no experience of. And therefore I'm going to take opportunity right now to, uh, to, test, to talk about several witnesses that we have in this world. Because a witness is not a word that we use uh, whenever the word witness is used, then there must be uh, a reason for it. It must be used when there is a case. And I want to say for us Christians and for us believers that we have a case. We have uh, the Lord that has saved our soul and has sent us out to be his witnesses, to tell the world about what he came to do and how he fulfilled what he came to do and that how he has risen that he lives again in our 
hearts. And therefore the world need to know that every word that the Lord spoke while he was here, he fulfilled them and he has extended his invitation and he has told us that we should wait and continue in telling the world of who he is. And therefore, in this world, a person to be called a witness, a witness is an individual that testifies under the oath in a trial. Is a person who has first-hand information or knowledge about an issue. So when we say we are witnesses, then we need to have first-hand information. It is difficult to be a witness without having information. And therefore, it is important for us to have an experience of who Jesus is. It is important for us to seek to know him. Because even we read in the book that the disciples, even as they continue to walk with him, as they continue to see whatever he was doing, they were always amazed of what type of person he was. And the more we walk with the Lord, the more we experience who he is, the more we learn, the more we know about him. And we may not know of him fully, but as we continue to know, as we continue to walk with him, we begin to know more about him. And therefore, for you to be a witness today, you need to be, to have a knowledge of who he is. A witness must be a consistent and reliable, or else he can be disqualified. So if we have to be witnesses of the Lord, we need to seek every day by reading our Bibles, by praying, and by attending fellowships so that we can learn about him, so that we can commune on a daily basis and understand him more and more as he did with his disciples and as he continued to do with us through his Holy Spirit. He says, when you receive the power of the Holy Ghost, then you will be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a lot of witnesses. There is an expert witness that they generally confine their testimonies to specific things pertaining to their expertise. When you call a witness an expert witness, then he has only to testify on the things that, con that pertains to his expertise. And you need to ask yourself, what, do you, what expertise do you have? What do you know about Jesus Christ? Have you have an experience with him? Have you worked with him? Have you, know, have you known what angers him and what makes him happy? That you can testify to the world about the experience that you have continued to experience and also uh, in, as you walk every day with the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not only have a, 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 an expert experience, uh, expert, an expert witness, but we also have an eyewitness. It's also known as an ordinary or lay witness. These are individuals that are are personally saw or heard what took place and they are called upon 
to witness or to say what they saw. And we also have a character witness. Our character witness is someone that uh, may have uh, usual, usually they don't have uh, they don't have to see the crime take place, but they are helpful in the case because they know the personality of the defendant or the victim, the type of person he was before the crime was committed. We therefore are called upon, especially at this as as a, as a Christian uh, believers. To really understand the character of Jesus Christ. What is it that he can, what is it that he did? What is it that he said? What is it that he fulfilled? What is it that angers him? What is it that makes him happier? So that we can learn and we can continue to seek to, re, to rejoice, to seek to make him happy. And also when we learn his character, uh, of the things that he does not that does not make him happy, so that we can run away and flee away from the things that uh, makes him unhappy. So it's important for us when we want to be character witness of who Jesus is. I understand some people have made a song that we have tasted him and we have seen that is good, and therefore when we have an, uh, uh, that experience. That we have tasted the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore we can come out and say to our friends, to our neighbors, that Christ is completely faithful because we have seen him fulfill his promises in our lives. We do not only have, a, a, we also have a silent, no nothing, or disinterested witness. There is that witness that has completely nothing. He's silent in what he knows. He's kind of not interested. And this witness is also knows nothing. And that is a kind of witness. Is that the kind of witness that we, we want to be? That when we come to the church, we come to a, so a place like this. We have come to fellowship. We have come to say what the Lord has done in our lives. When we left on Sunday, how he communed with us, how he led us through difficulties, how he came to help us, and how he helped us with our enemies, and how he, he, he helped us to, 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 with our friends, and whatever that he has done in our lives. That is, we need to know something. We should not be a witness that has that knows nothing. And knowing something means that we must come to church. It means that we must pray. It means that we must fellowship. It means that we must read our Bibles. It means that we must have an opportunity to come together and testify. We need to understand also that we need to have always reliable witnesses. We need to be reliable witnesses. And therefore, I want to say, first, number one, that Jesus, we have been called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. And what do we witness about? We witness that Jesus rose from the dead. 
We take the book of, uh, of Luke chapter 24, verse 13 going on. Jesus appeared to his disciples. They were coming from Jerusalem, walking into a mouse, a village that is far away from Jerusalem. They were talking to themselves, very much dismayed and disturbed in themselves because the hope that they had about Jesus Christ has been lost. And they, prof- they testified that they believed and they knew that the person that the Jews leaders took and crucified with the cross, that now they have heard that the women have also said that he rose. They say that we had hoped that he should have been the Messiah. But they walk as they talk. Jesus appears to them and begins to ask them, what do you talk about as you walk along this road? And they ask him, are you a visitor in Israel? That you have not heard what has happened of late about Jesus of Nazareth. You see, they are walking. And as we talk about today, about what Jesus has done, we must also think about what is it that he wants us to do. As we celebrate Easter, as we celebrate the resurrection, let's ask ourselves, what is it that we as people, what is it that we as the disciples, as the believers, and as the followers of Jesus Christ, what is it that is calling us to do? And how can we do it? We are called to be witnesses that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. When he spoke to his disciples, when Jesus spoke to, the, to them about his plan and his objective of, and goal, the disciples were dismayed and perturbed because they were not ready for the information. In fact, when he talked, about, when he talked to Peter about him that will die, Peter said, no, that cannot happen to you. Why? Because the disciples had put their aims on worldly and earthly kingdom that Jesus had talked about. So the information of Jesus' death was not really good news. They had come to join the kingdom and they were waiting to celebrate the kingdom share. They wanted to be great. And I said that Peter rebuked him. Jesus said, uh, this can, he told Jesus that this cannot happen to you. They felt good because they are associated with the king of the kingdom and the king of kings. Here Jesus reminds them his obligation and the purpose of his coming. He said, I've come to die. I've come so that I can give a sacrifice so that you can, I can pay your sin debt. So that it can, I can liberate you from your sin. Because without blood, there is no remission of sin. And Jesus came so that because the blood of animals could not save us, but could only, be, could only hold us for a year. But when Christ came, he came to offer a sacrifice that was once and for all. And that we don't need to bring a lamb. We don't need to do anything, but we need just to trust in the work that Jesus did at Calvary. And as we seek for his love, his, his 
going to let us know who he is. His disciples did not believe him because the idea of big man syndrome had gone into their heads and life in this world. And they wanted to continue to be with Jesus as a king. Now he has resurrected. Many have seen him, including the unbelievable women, and they now, it's 40 days. But I want to say that Jesus is alive today. And he says, I'm alive. I have come. And I've overcome death. I'm alive to live forever. I'm alive and I want you to be my witnesses. My witnesses to remember what I told you while I was still with you. And another thing that Jesus wants us to be a witness is that, that Jesus died for our sins. We need to tell the world that the, that the suffering that he went through, the name calling, and everything that Jesus went through was not for him. It was for me. He took my beating. He took my suffering. He took my sin on Calvary. So that who that were dead in sin could be able to live again and be associated and be again counted as no sin because of the sin offering that he did at Calvary. So we have been called to become witnesses of God. Be my witnesses that God has a better plan and that he has commissioned us to perform. That I am the lamb, Jesus said, uh, when Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied many years ago, that Jesus was the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. In the book of uh, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 10, he says, It pleased the Lord to bruise him he had put him to grief. When thou shalt make him his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That is what I saw for so many years ago that Jesus came to fulfill. He says, The Lord God was pleased to bruise Jesus, was, was pleased to make Jesus suffer, was pleased to, to bring Jesus from heaven to this earth so that the bruising and the suffering that we should have got, he got it on our behalf. That's why today he's calling you, those who are selling their sin. He says, come to me, those who labor and heavily laden, and he says, I will give you rest. Today you don't have to suffer. Today you don't have to bring a lamb. Today you don't have to do anything. Just believe that the faithfulness of God, believe in the work that Jesus did at Calvary, that he did it for you, that you may have an heaven, that your sin may be forgiven. He takes away, that he takes, he takes belief in Jesus, not baptism, no circumcision, not worship of angels, but by faith alone in the work that he did on Calvary. It's a sacrifice like that he offered on the cross to forgive us all our sins. He was never baptized. Look at this person that was on the cross, a thief that had been found guilty 
is on the right, on the, on the Jesus side. But the others, one talks bad about Jesus, but the other one feels that he's guilty and he says, we are here because we have done something bad. And he says to Jesus, please, when you come with your kingdom, please remember me. And Jesus speaks back to him and says, today we shall be with you in paradise. Look at what this, what it took this thief who was never baptized. A thief that never went to church. Never sang in a choir. He never fasted in his life. He believed Jesus and asked for mercy. Jesus never took his, his pain, never took his suffering, but granted the key of life. And now this thief is in heaven. You can do better. You can trust in the gospel. You can trust in the work of Jesus. You can trust in his blood that is poured for you. You can come to him and you can pour your life in repentance and tell him, Lord, I need you to help me. Come not looking for justice, but come looking for mercy. When you come to Jesus for mercy, Jesus already provided his grace. And that grace produces faith that when you call upon him today, the Lord will give you rest. And you will, you will begin to feel the joy and peace that surpasses even peace. I remember many years ago, uh, I was in sin. I was a young man. But I did not know that I needed to do anything because to me, I believe that there is no sin that I had done. Because every time I went to church, they talked about drunkardness. They talked about other things that were affecting their lives. That that's why they needed God to intervene in their lives. But one day I heard a preacher speak about that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It dawned on my heart that I was one person that I had sinned. And therefore, because I had sinned, he says no one will be allowed into heaven. Because God, though he is faithful, he is also God of justice. will not allow any sinner into, he he into heaven. But he wants all sinners to come unto repentance. So that they can be forgiven of their sins. Okay. So that they can be allowed the right to come into heaven. So all of us, the Bible says, we have sinned. And therefore we have fallen short of the glory of God. And God wants you to come to him. And that's why he's provided Jesus Christ. As a sacrifice, he died for you on the cross of Calvary so that you can find a way through because Jesus says, I am the way and the life. Amen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, today as you celebrate the resurrection, something will happen to your life. Something will change. You will be born again by the Spirit of God. And something will speak into your soul. It will give you uh, assurance that you are a newborn, that now you are heavenly bound, you are now a new creature, meant to, for heaven, because that was the original plan of God that we may that we may find our way to heaven. I want to say lastly that uh, we have been called to be witnesses, and we cannot be witnesses until we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. To tell your friend, to tell your classmate, your relative, and testify into your church 
that Jesus is alive. You are a witness that Jesus is alive today through his Holy Spirit. That's why he says when when he, he says that I will, he, will get, he will be empowered from above and he will become his witnesses from Jerusalem where you stay and will go to the neighbors and will go to the other neighbors and will go to the uttermost part of the world. You will begin to spread the message of hope. You will be a beacon of light in the dark, in this uh, lost and, and, and dying world where people do not know where to go. That they can look up yonder and say, there is light. Because you have been chosen. You have been elected and been chosen in a holy priesthood to become as a child of God. You are an ambassador, representative of the Most High to shine your light so that the world may see you. That is the witness that you are. That Jesus is alive. He overcame death and he rose again from the dead. That death could not hold him. That death could not hold him captive. But he tested death for every one of us. He de- as he declared in the book of Hebrews where he says in chapter 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for everyone. That the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was our death. But he tasted death on our behalf. He, he died on your place. He suffered because of you. And today he says, I've finished the work. You want just to come to him by faith. You want just to seek him through repentance. You want just to believe that the work of Calvary was perfectly done. Because Jesus himself, he himself said, it is done. I want to say that you are a witness. And you have to ask yourself, what type of witness are you? Are you a character witness? Are you an eyewitness? Have you experienced his love? Can you share his love with others? Have you experienced his glory? Can you tell the world about him? What he has done to the others? And that is what Paul of Tarsus, when the Lord himself appeared to him, on his way to Damascus. And the Lord called him with a Hebrew name. Soul, soul. And he answered and he said. Why do you persecute me? And Saul was made aware. Even though maybe he had not met Jesus Christ. But he heard the voice of Jesus Christ. And he was ready to testify. Everywhere in the courts of Roman. And even to the southern court. Sanhedrin court of the Jews. That Jesus is the Lord. Today you have been called. Just like Paul was called. There is two calls. The call for salvation. The call to testify. The call to let Jesus be known. And there is a call for preaching. And we have all been called. Whether you are a preacher. Or you are just a believer. All of us have been called. To be witnesses of Christ. In this lost and dying world. May the Lord bless you. May he give you strength. May he empower you by his Holy Spirit. That you may understand that you are his witness where you are. That you have to tell your friend, your neighbor.
Tell him about Jesus Christ. Tell him what he has done for you. Tell, him, uh, tell them how he died for you. That he loved you so much. God loves you so much that he brought his only begotten, only son to die for you. So that you that was a sinner may find liberty. That is all he says he did so that you can find his way. He says I'm the way and I'm the life. And today he's calling upon you. He wants you to be a true witness of Christ. Let us be good witness of Christ. John witness as he was getting burned. We are told about when we read uh, these historical books, we are told about a person by the name John Hus, who was, uh, was a person, a believer in Christ. They caught him and they put him uh, on fire, a stake, as they were burning him. John rose up and saw his friend, George, and he called George, Georgie, Georgie, everywhere you go, it's okay with Jesus. May the Lord strengthen us. This world may be good today. It may be rough wherever you are. But you have been called to witness. And we can witness through our lifestyle. You can witness by our testimonies in the church. We can witness by the things that we say. What you say about Jesus. May the Lord through his Holy Spirit give you a word to share with him and with them. That I've never had the Lord. He is depending on you. He's asking you to go. In the, in the book of Matthew, the Bible tells us uh, in verse 28, uh, when you read there, it says, All the power has been given unto me. They therefore go and preach the gospel. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I like the last one, say, Lord, I am with you always till the end of the world. What a privilege, what an obligation that you have been given by the Lord. What a trust. Are we going to take it or are we going to fail Christ? He's depending on us. He says, go. Go, let the world know about my love. Let the world know about what I did at Calvary. Let the world know that I'm coming back and I'm coming back for them. Are you going to be his hand? Are you going to be his mouth? Are you going to be his feet? Are you going to walk and tell the world? What about your classmates that have never heard about the Lord? You are his witness. He has trusted his message. Has given you his spirit. He says his spirit. The comforter. He will tell you all things. Even the things that I have never told you. Take it from me and he will let you know. He will comfort you. He will strengthen you. He will show you. He will help you always until the end of the ages. And I want to say, let us be the witnesses of the Lord because he has entrusted us with this message, has given us the message to give to the world, to tell the lost and the dying world that he, he died but he rose and he lives again. He is at the right hand of, of God making petition, interceding for us that when one of us today who is lost will come 
to God and seek from the bottom of his heart. The Lord will hear. And when you are in trouble, the Bible says that one day Stephen, one of the deacons and also a preacher, he was in trouble with the Sanhedrin and with many other people who did not like him. The Bible says that he, he pleaded with God. And he looked up and he said, the Bible says that he saw God, Jesus, standing. And today I want to tell you, if you plead and if you seek, if you are in trouble in your soul and you need help, he will stand today. Seek while he's still there. Amen. Seek while he can still stand. Seek while he's still at the right hand of God before he comes as a judge. Don't wait. And to say this as I finish. And I've said it once again. That sometimes when we preach, it is maybe in the hand of preacher, it may be in the hand of you. There was a very wise man that I read about many years ago. This wise man had been having a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of wisdom and people loved him so much. Because of wisdom that he, he pertained and continued to show even as he grew up. He was now a very old man, but some people, young people, wanted to challenge him in his old age. He, he, they went to him and told the old man, we want to challenge you. You cannot be demonstrating all the wisdom ever since you were born. Today we want to challenge you in a big field, in a big uh, field. And therefore, they went to the field. These young people came with everybody uh, seated in a big crowd of people. And they, in their heart, they said, we want to let this old man so that he can die gracefully. They brought in their hands what I call locusts, others called grasshoppers. And they said to this young to this old man, we have in our hands grasshoppers, but we will challenge you uh, so that you can tell us is the grasshoppers that we have in our hands because you have been wise, you have a reputation of wisdom. Can you tell us and this congregation whether the grasshoppers in our hands are they dead or alive? The old man looked at them and knew that they were tricky. The young man in, the, in their lives have already said, if, you, if, they, if the old man will say dead, they will squeeze the grasshoppers and the grasshopper will be dead. They will throw down and the old man would be, dis, would be uh, disgraced. But he said if the old man will say they are alive, just let the grasshopper to fly over and again the old man will be disgraced. Now they ask the old man tell us before the congregation are the grasshoppers in our hands alive or dead? The old man looked at them and he said young men the grasshoppers are in your hands. Their lives are in your hands. You like, you can squeeze it dead, throw it down. You like, and let it fly. Let it go. What do I want to say today? Today we are in this congregation. And you may be asking yourself, 
What do I need to do to be saved? And I want to say, your life is in your hand. You can surrender it to the Lord through repentance. Or you can continue being stubborn and refusing and rejecting and disbelief and refusing to believe that he is the Lord. But that will take you to hell. I wish you could believe. Amen. I wish you can come to him. Amen. At least you can come to experience and testify of his love and his grace. You have been called. You have been challenged. You have been commissioned. We are all. We are preachers called to preach. We are believers in this church. All of us together, we are witnesses of Christ. And the Lord bless you.